Everyone has an opinion when it comes to having a baby and raising kids. Just get the epidural. There's no prize for doing it natural. In my day, we just let the baby cry until they settle themselves down. Have you tried sage oil? And so many more comments, most of them unsolicited. Welcome to the Birth and Parenting Things podcast. My name is Kim, and I've got opinions too. I'm kind of an expert on birth. I've also managed to raise three babies into young adults. I'm here to offer evidence-based information, stories, personal experiences on birth, parenting, and everything in between. So let's do this. Hello, this is Kim at Birth and Parenty Things. Of course, I press record and my dog instantly gets up and wants to make noise and do stuff, but whatever. Um, so I had planned on actually recording this podcast about, I don't know, what time is it now? Two hours ago. <laughs> Um, but my kids came up and started talking. So I'm like, yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to talk and we're going to, I'm going to be sitting here and be open and, uh, receive the information and have the discussions. And we weren't talking about anything deep or anything like that. But I think that's one thing I've always tried to do with my kids. Like one of my friends said, well, why don't you just tell them to leave so you can get some work done? I'm like, yeah, but they're wanting to talk right now. So that's what we do. Um, and work can wait work can wait. So um, what's been going on this week? Well, everyone in my family, my elderlies, my children, myself, we are all double vaccinated. Finally, everybody is double vaccinated. So I can vaguely breathe a sigh of relief. Um, Still washing hands and sanitizing and wearing masks and all that stuff because I just it's not a cure it's not it's not completely eliminating anything but need to be careful about that I have also done another in-person postpartum visit so that's been really helpful I have a program where I support um, it's called new parenting uh, package where I support families for say a week at a time they can buy a week of you know unlimited questions and things like that but I added in a postpartum visit for them because I thought um, it would be helpful and plus they're moving to Kitchener so not I can still I'm still going to be working with them even after they move so that's the one good thing about this virtual stuff is that I can help people not just in my immediate vicinity but throughout the province throughout the country throughout the world um depending on time zones. Anyway, so um, went and did a postpartum feeding support for them. So that was really good. Got to see a baby, got to hold a baby, which was really cool. And what else happened? Um, hmm. Had all this stuff in my head and I can't remember what I was going to say. Anyways. Um, oh yeah, it was the uh, 15th anniversary or 15th birthday of my first doula baby. So that was really cool. Uh, it's been great because, uh, the first doula baby, the first doula job that I did was for a friend. So I've been able to watch this young person grow and, uh, yeah, it's been cool. So he turned 15 and that means me being a doula turned 15. Um, 
what else? What else? I have a infant care online self-paced learning infant care class being launched on Monday. So this will be launched on Friday. So it'll be the Monday after that. And that's really exciting. And hmm, I guess that's it. There hasn't been a whole heap of stuff. I feel like this week has gone by so incredibly fast. Um, it doesn't feel like Thursday, but whatever. I actually, I actually have this, I actually, actually, I actually have this weekend off, which has been really, which is, I'm really looking forward to as well. Normally I teach on Saturdays, but I'm not this time around. Um, I have two Saturdays off, so I'm really quite thrilled about that. Um, not sure what I'll do. Probably same stuff I do on a Friday or a Monday or a Wednesday. Um, yeah. So there you go. I've also, uh, oh yeah, that was the other thing. So virtual support, uh, doulas are allowed in hospitals now. However, I think I probably mentioned I'm not going back to doing in-hospital support. However, I have also decided to do um, in-person prenatals and in-person postpartum visits or postnatals with my virtual clients. So I'll not going to go in the hospital with you, but I can uh, help and support throughout. Basically do a doula training, um, a quick doula training with partners to help them help you throughout the labor. So, and do some feeding support afterwards as well. So I'm quite excited about that. Um, let's see. Hmm, sounds like a delivery just came to my house. Anyways, probably my daughter's stuff. And yeah, I guess that's it. So I, I thought this week, actually, since it was the 15th anniversary of my, uh, I've got a couple of things I wanted to talk about. Uh, first, as far as birth goes, I thought I'd talk about my very first birth as a doula. Um, not getting into too many details um, because it's not my story, but I'll tell my side of the story. So I became a doula. 15 years ago at in June, I think it was June. And then after that, I kind of convinced my friend to, who was pregnant to letting me be involved in their birth because I thought, oh, I, I mean, my ex-husband had fainted at the birth as we heard last week, um, at the birth of my third baby. So I thought, what if I'm a fainter? Like, what if I can't do this? So, I mean, I've had babies. I don't know what it's like to actually see a baby born. So I tried to, con well, I did convince them to, you know, be involved in their birth and see, and they were so gracious in allowing me to be part of that. So July came around, mid-July came around, and my phone rang, and it was a, uh, I'll never forget this phone. I freaking love this phone. It was, uh, I think, pretty sure it was a Samsung, um, but it was a pink flip phone. That was my thing. I used to have my signature color was pink. It's 100% not pink anymore. And my phone was beside me in bed, uh, beside me on my bedside table. And I had gone to bed. It was like 10 o'clock at night and I'd gone to bed and the kids were in bed and my partner was still up. He was a, was he a teacher at that point? Yeah, I think he was a teacher at that point. And I, um, I got this call and I answered and I'm like, I don't know who this is because this was, this was 15 years ago. This was before like fancy smartphones and stuff. This was flip phone season. And 
Of course, it didn't come up with, you know, so-and-so was calling. It had the number, but I didn't recognize it because I'd only just spoken to them. Their baby wasn't due for like another three weeks. So we hadn't even really done any prenatals. I think we did one where we kind of talked about, you know, sort of what they wanted to do, but we hadn't really gotten into anything. So the phone rang and I, and I answered it and there was a man on the other end and I'm like, who is this? No, the, the person on the other end of the phone said, so the baby's coming, we're in labor. And I go, sorry, who is this? And they're like, it's so-and-so. I'm like, sorry, who? They're like, it's so-and-so. My, I'm trying not to use names, um, you know, Janet. Janet's in labor. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. Sorry. I totally did not. I'm like, you're a stupid doula, for God's sake. What are you doing? Um, so, not a stupid doula. But anyways, um, it dawned on me that that's what I had to do. I'm like, oh, my God. So, I'm like, I'll be right there. Or I'll meet you at the hospital. So, they were actually on their way to the hospital. They didn't live it was a hospital that was very close to me and, and to them. And, uh, we didn't live too far from one another. So I, uh, I said, I'll meet you at the hospital. So we kind of got there at the same time. I wasn't quite sure where I was going to meet them because I'd never actually been in a hospital before and particularly not this one. So I was walking around. I'm like, Oh, I saw them. Okay. So I, cause I'd gone in through emergency and I'm like, I don't even know how to get in there. And the emergency room at this particular hospital at the time was like, it's always nuts. And even at like 11 o'clock at night, it was nuts. So I finally found them and we couldn't get to the labor and delivery area of the hospital from the emergency area. They told us, some. finally somebody told us, and she's like in labor. Like I'm not talking like early cramping. I mean, she's in labor. And her partner had to go park the car. So we had to, we, somebody finally told us that we had to go like back out around and walk to the front of the hospital. I'm like, are you bloody serious? This is ridiculous. So we're taking, I'm taking her, her partner's parking the car. And again, it's like 11 o'clock at night and it was so busy and he had to park like far, so crazy. So we get to the front of the hospital to go in and there's a security guard there and he's like barring the way going you know uh you don't you have to go back around and my client was like I'm in labor we gotta do this right now and he like looked at her she's this tiny little thing barely looked like she was pregnant she was like she was hiding a basketball underneath her sweater and and he's like, oh, oh, so he lets us through. And I'm like, like, where's, you know, we'll call him Fred. Where's Fred? Um, and uh, so I, I called him I'm like, we had to go in through the front, blah, blah, blah. So we finally get all connected in the labor and delivery area. And we, we get there and the nurse tells us we're not doing births. We're closed for births. You have to go to a different hospital. And I'm like, wait, what? They're like, yeah, we're closed for births. We don't have, you, you can't come. There's no, there's no doctors. And they're like, and who are you? And I go, well, I'm the doula. And 
because I'm a doula. So the nurse is like, well, she goes, oh, so you're the midwife. Okay, well, we can let you in. I'm like, whoa, no, wait a minute. I'm not a midwife. Like, back up a bit. I'm not a midwife. I'm not delivering any babies. And they're, so I, I think that's the only reason why we got in. But I had to keep telling people, like, I'm not a midwife. I don't deliver babies. I don't know, like, you need, people need to get an actual doctor in here. And of course, at the time, my client's standing there going, like, I'm in labor and I have babies fast. And this was her third baby. Um, I have babies fast. We better get this going. And I think the nurse at that point was like, oh, shit, they're not leaving. So we get into the labor. We get finally get admitted into labor and delivery. And, uh, you know, we kind of walked through things. I can't remember if there was an epidural involved or not. Um, there may have been. But... She did really, really well. And then it came time. The baby came like really fairly quickly um, after that. And as she's, you know, seeing this tiny little woman, um, you know, this friend and the power that she had to push this baby out with. And I was like, whoa, I was flabbergasted. The doctor was also like, oh my God, this was so great. He was even, I don't even know, was he an OB? I don't know. He might've just been called in because we were here and, you know, we couldn't go to another hospital. Um, and he was so excited. <laughs> I've never seen a doctor so excited about a birth in my life. Um, and like genuine excitement, not like the fake excitement. Oh, that was really good. Congratulations, blah, blah, blah. No, he was like utterly thrilled. So I think maybe he was the ER doctor. Um, but it was so invigorating and so cool and so amazing to see this tiny little human um born and to see my friend who's also a tiny little human um bring this boy into the world it was incredible it I was hooked at that point and after we'd gotten them sort of arranged in postpartum and all of that stuff and everything was good and everybody was happy and whatnot I was driving home and this was, it was morning time. So we'd gotten admitted, I think around 11, 1130. I could be completely wrong with these times, but, um, and by the time I left the hospital, it was like probably seven or eight in the morning. Um, after everything was sort of done and completed and everybody was good and happy. And I remember driving home and calling my partner, and this was before hands-free, so do not do this, <laughs> um, and calling my partner, talking on the phone as I'm driving home, and just exclaiming, you know, profusely, oh my God, that was the most exciting thing. This was so cool. This was amazing um, on my crazy pink flip phone, and I think my partner was going to work. Oh no, it was the summer. So he was a teacher. So he would have been off. Um, and you know, just telling him how incredibly exciting and, and awesome and amazing it was. And, you know, just the level of excitement and joy that I had from that experience and that, you know, I've been able to you know, really experience and be thrilled with all of that for so many years. I mean, who has a job 
where they say they can actually be excited and thrilled and, you know, amazed by what they, what they do. So, I mean, my job is incredible. Um, of course, I don't get to doing things virtually now. I don't get to experience that, but that's okay because for me now, it's not necessarily about actually seeing the babies born, but it's about giving the information and the, you know, the support and the, this is okay. And this is normal. And what you're feeling is, you know, normal, um, discussions and, you know, empowering birthing families to speak up for themselves and, and, you know, get, speak up for the birth that they want and trying to eliminate some of that fear through education and information and, you know, support basically. So, and of course, feeding afterwards and and normalizing, you know, what they experience afterwards. So it's different now for me, you know, having done this for another 15 years, and I would love to do this for another, you know, maybe five or 10 more years, but uh, well, I don't know, I'm 50. Let's see, let's maybe five, <laughs> five to 10. I don't know, I should probably retire at some point. But um, I really do enjoy that connection that I have with people, even virtually. And given that I do do stuff virtually, I can help and support people anywhere. I can do it anywhere. It doesn't, you don't have to be in Toronto um, to, you know, take my classes or, um, you know, get my help in postpartum and things like that. Yeah, obviously I can't do the in-person stuff, but I've gotten quite adept at you know, (laughs) helping with uh, feeding support and things like that. Um, And of course, offering resources and and whatnot as well. So anyways, that's kind of the short version of, it was a very quick birth, um, short version of my first doula birth. Um, And it was, as I say, it was incredible. So there you go. I thought also... I would talk about um, this week. Uh, I'm not going to stop recording and then do a little transition in between. Let's just keep going because I have to pick my son up in half an hour. (laughs) I don't have a lot of time. Um, So I thought what I would do for the second part of this is talk about um, the... So we talked about my son swallowing, my, my middle son swallowing things last week. I thought this week we'd talk about my first son who had this penchant for a small period of time of shoving things up his nose. So when, um, and I'm pretty sure, I don't think, he was like maybe two-ish. And he was in a home daycare and we had told him that, okay, here's, we had told him that uh, we were having another baby. So I was pregnant with my middle son at the time. And I guess that had kind of, um, kind of messed with him a little bit about, you know, introducing a new baby into the world, uh, into his world. And he started doing, I don't think he was doing things, these things for attention, but I think he would, they were coping mechanisms for him. And 
we keep in mind too that I was back at work like he was in daycare all day and we didn't necessarily see a huge amount of time with him but um, because of bedtimes and all these other things but he got into the habit of shoving things up his nose so one day he came home from daycare and I'm like this kid smells like I don't understand what's happening here this kid smells and I smelled his mouth and it was, we brushed his teeth and I just couldn't understand why he smelled rotten. He smelled rotten. And I'm like, there's something wrong here. I don't know what's going on. So my ex-husband actually ended up taking him to the family doctor because he had time off. Um, he wasn't a teacher yet. He was, I think he worked from home actually. He worked from home and he did, uh, I don't even know what he did. Um, but he did, he had some times where he worked at home and things like that. And I think the next day he was, um, actually had time at home. So he took, um, my son to the doctor and they did, they looked in his ears, they looked in his, down his throat, and they looked up his nose. And sure enough, there was stuff up his nose. So we ended up going to an ENT. And I don't, I didn't go to these visits. I think it was very difficult for me to get time off work at this point. Um, I worked for a chemical company uh, in their sales department, and it was very difficult to get time off. Um, and so he took him and yeah, they pulled out like a pea, an actual like green pea, um, and a wad of paper, I think. And possibly, I vaguely remember uh, a small ball of tinfoil. I have no idea why. Anyways, so it was like, you know, nobody ever thought about, you know, psychological you know, mental health, anything that was going on with that. But I, I think in hindsight, it was sort of the, the idea of, you know, he was not going to be the only child anymore. He was not going to be the baby. He was going to have to share. Um, and I think that kind of messed, not messed him up, but like kind of threw him off kilter for a small period of time. So then one time we tried, we told the, the, we told the daycare, and this is the one thing I hate about fucking daycares. Excuse my language. I, I apologize. Um, so we had, we had told them that he was doing this and if they, they could watch him and make sure that, um, he doesn't do these things. If they could, you know, try and make sure that, um, he doesn't do these things, that would be great. So the, um, they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Sure enough. Or and they said, well, he's not getting any of this stuff from our house. Okay, it was a home daycare, granted, fine. I was, you get what you pay for. Um, but they seemed like nice people and they had other children, so whatever. Um, so they're like, yeah, so it's clearly not from our house. Like, okay, well, obviously I have, you know, peas and balls of tinfoil lying around my house so yeah must be my house so then one night he comes home and I'm putting him to bed um we have dinner all that stuff bath and all that put him to bed and I'm like oh, you smell it he smells again and I'm like honey he smells again 
I'm like, well, neither of us can go to goddamn doctor again or an EMT. So I got, it was dark. I got a flashlight and sure enough, I shined it up his nose and it wasn't so far into his nasal cavity that I was able to see it. Grabbed a couple of tweezers and I pulled out um, wads of paper, two wads of paper. One was a coupon. And I'm like, this is not mine. This didn't come from my house because first off, I don't even use coupons. Yes, I probably should. And I wasn't, I wasn't, maybe I was being, you know, hoity-toity at the time, but we don't use bloody coupons. So this is not from my house. And we literally wrestled him. My husband held him down (laughs) and I was furious at this point, dug straight up there, got out what was in there and probably traumatized the kids so badly. Don't you ever do this again? Um, And he never did, to the best of my knowledge, never, never did it again. Um, But anyways, so if your kid inexplicably smells bad for whatever reason, check his nose and see what might be up there. Um, As I say, he never did it again, which was good. As I say, to the best of my knowledge, but yeah. We've been through a lot of weird, weird things with our kids. I'm not sure what fun, cool things I can figure out for the next one. Hmm. Yeah. Anyways, we'll see. All right. So that's that's my time. Um, not a very long podcast, but as I say, I've got some stuff to do to go pick up my children and pick up my one son from work. And yeah. I hope you have a good week. I hope you have a good weekend. I hope that things are starting to open up wherever it is you are. And again, big shout out to Bermuda for (laughs) keeping me still on your podcast. What is, who's the one person? Because literally it's one person um, listening to this podcast in Bermuda. And yeah, if you have anything you want to share Here's your call to action. Please share it. If you, uh, you know, have you ever done anything with your kid where you had to pull stuff out of their nose or whatever? Have you called poison control for your kid? We can do this anonymously. We could have like a whole episode on people just writing in about stuff that they had to call poison control or things like that for their kids. Anyways, have a good one. And yeah. I hope you enjoyed this and wear your mask still, stay safe and love your children. Remember, if you're going into this with love, you're fine. 